Once I rose above the noise and confusion Just to get a glimpse beyond this illusion I was soaring ever higher But I flew too Hey everyone, I'm Mark Marble. And I'm Jim Ford. And this is Lantern Cast Presents Pre-Birth. Episode 17. Technically Green Lantern pre-birth, but nonetheless, it's the same thing. We're not recording again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're back. Yes, we're back. You thought we might have been gone forever after that great space anus adventure. <laughs> oh my god i have completely forgotten everything that happened in this series before this point <laughs> you've even forgot the anus that's so sad oh and you know i was um i was trying to remember which issue we we had to read for this and i'm like going back through some of like the previous ones i'm like oh was it 13 was it 14 And I'm like, I'm opening those issues and I'm flipping through them. And I'm like, I don't remember this at all. It has to be an earlier one. And then I go back to an earlier one. I don't remember this at all. And it must be an early one. (laughs) And you're like, "Uh, no, no, that was those were like 17 issues ago. Like we're we're on issue 18 now. (laughs) Really memorable (laughs) series, Mark. (laughs) Some of us have fond memories of this series. (laughs) unfortunately jim rarely is one of those individuals (laughs) i mean this this was a pretty pretty decent issue all things considered with this series especially based on the fact that the title of the issue is rebirth which obviously has has been such a important term for green lantern going forward that it's something there's a certain irony in the fact that this is one of the first uses of that term is like the cover title is rebirth, the actual issue title is rebirth, yes. and it's appropriate based on the subject matter of the issue. Oh, well, like one hundred percent. There you go. There's your Chad Volkman impression. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll never hear the original. He, he and he won't ever hear the impression because we know we won't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's what me and Chad have in common. We'll never listen to the pre-birth episode. <laughs> God, why, why am I doing this? All right, let's go. So as I said, the issue title is Rebirth in a really large font, we might point out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like a size 30 font. They're, they're, they really want you to know what the title is. Uh, J.M. DeMatteis is the writer. Norm Brayfogle is the penciler. Dennis Junkie is the inker. Jack Morelli, letterer. Guy Major, colorist. Morgan Dantonville is the assistant editor and Dan Raspler is the editor. So we begin with uh, the specters kind of freaking out going, where is Abin, sir? And he's back in his own little pseudo fortress of solitude of mirrors, basically. But that's Utah, right? Isn't he in Utah? I think. (laughs) Yes. He's still in his castle. (laughs) That that enables him to see everything that's going on. It's got bits of himself for in every mirror and all this stuff that we have covered in the past, but we're not going to spend too much time on now. (laughs) 
because we've forgotten everything. No, or almost. But ba- basically, well, since the since the great space anus adventure, <laughs> in the middle thereof, Abinsur disappeared, and and Hal was too busy basically reconsolidating and bringing all his other selves into one to be able to deal with the, that threat. What was that? The Quolex or something like it was something like that. I forget the oh, actual. If you're, if you're looking, to I know. I realized as I was asking, anything. I'm I'm asking the wrong one. It's either it could quor- have been the the quip the quip quor quit quiddle quacks. It's either Quolex <laughs> or Quorex, I think, or something like that. Quote Qu- Quolex does sound familiar. It I it that could be what it is. Uh, oh but, wait, no, no, we're both wrong. It's Kotex. No, Chad, it's not Chad. Freudian slip. No, Jim. <laughs> I'm used to being exasperated with Chad, so don't take it personally. <laughs> uh, but but Hal basically has realized, hey, something's missing in this equation, and there's no Abin Sir. So he's desperately trying to find Abin Sir. His niece Helen is trying to figure. If she's asking Hal like, what's going on? Why is he talking to all the mirrors and how how it works? And that's when he kind of gives her the explanation about how there's different pieces of his consciousness and all of these, and they reflect different parts of himself and we i forget which issue it might have been i think it was the first issue of that sinestro space story that uh miss minx gets introduced as the babysitter of choice now of helen since she's supposed to be with her psychic and super potential supernatural or all powerful potential in in her future that basically she's going to be the jedi master to her and try to put her on the right path and 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 she's her babysitter and Space Mary Poppins. Yeah, Space Mary Poppins. Uh, <laughs> Materna, even though she does prefer Ms. Minx. <laughs> Ms. Minx, if you're nasty. <laughs> and it's, then it's uh, like Minerva. Minerva, yes. Ms. Minx. So she pulls out this, <laughs> this supernatural magic eight ball and she shakes it and she finds out that, hey, you know where Abin Sur is? He's on Angara. And of course, Hal knows that's his home planet. We should all know that Ab- that's Abin Sur's home planet. Hal leaves them behind and he goes off to do his thing. Materna basically continues her babysitting and tutorial of Helen and takes her on a tour of the solar system. And which is some of those things are kind of interesting later in the book, even though clearly it's not the main topic. We end up on Ungara where we have Muna Ja, which is an old friend. And as we find out later, basically an unrequited love of Abin Sir. And she and her husband are basically talking to, <laughs> talking to the ghost of Abin Sir. And they don't, and she's not really, a, she's not really that, she's a little freaked out by it, but she's so happy to see Abin that she kind of like moves beyond that really quick. And we quickly find out the reason why Abin Sir has been drawn there is be- because there's part of the Ungaran tradition it's essentially reincarnation. The idea of take of a soul coming back and being born again and, and living again into or with people that you care about and being drawn back things, things along those lines. So they want Abin Sir, basically his soul to be in their baby. Cause she's pregnant. Abin Sir, I, if he chooses to, will be reincarnated and, and live again. And Abin really resists. He's shocked by this. He, first of all, he didn't really believe it was real. He just thought it was like, you know, an, a custom and things that he, people talk about but wasn't really true but he's also afraid of losing his identity because once he gets reborn once he get agrees to go into this child his memories and his his drive his passion his ethics everything that makes abin sir abin sir his individuality on on the surface will no longer be the case will not will no longer be there and will won't and it'll be a thing of the past and he rejects this at first how comes to talk to him as the specter 
And Abensord is really reluctant to talk about this at first. Then we get sidetracked with, with uh, Materna and Helen going into the sun and getting a, getting a different view of how the sun operates with the, uh, I don't know how much detail I really want to go into this, but it, but it, but they, she mentions a stores, stars, excuse me, of the doorways that the connected tissue between the material universes and the spiritual, which based on a topic of this book makes perfect sense that it would be something like that. Right. I do like when they kind of warp themselves and when Helen pretty much has to, uh, she has to like become when when they get inside. She has to become part like part of the sun as opposed to resisting it or whatever. And then, and yeah, yeah, so to merge herself with like the fabric of the universe. Yes, that that was even though it is we. I mean, it's really effective the way it's drawn because you kind of get that warp kind of like because you being completely discombobulated. You know, the idea mm-hmm. of everything of being so disoriented and everything moving around you and almost being motion sick that they do a real good job at kind of like initially doing the warping that makes you think that's what she's going on until she gives herself and lets herself go and becomes part of it. Now, while yeah. this is going on and they're going to and Materna's about to bring Helen home outside Hal's little fortress of solitude, this, skele- this decayed body starts crawling out of the ground. And at the moment, we don't know who it is, but he is being greeted by a. Uh, Monsieur Stigmonis, who of course is the close Stigmonis is the closest thing Hal really had to an arch enemy yeah. in this entire run. Abensur and Hal continue their conversation, and this is when Abensur kind of really talks about you know that he is that he's how he's afraid of losing himself. The idea of the reincarnation, losing himself, and you know Hal was trying to give him the pep talk that oh we've all lived before things that we've seen before when Hal and uh, especially Hal and Carol were having their moments about it. they've lived countless lifetimes and had different relationships with each other. So if things don't work out this time, what's the big deal? Cause we know we've lived others and we'll live others again. And all this little shebang. And we kind of, essentially we find with Ab and Sir, anyway, we find out that there are pieces of, of, of supposedly of all of us that have lived different lives before fragments of who we are, different, different aspects of our soul. And I'm trying to find the actual terminal. What's the actual term that they use here? Incarnations you've lived times past. Right, but there's a special there's a there's a, there's there's a term that they use related to the soul. That there's one like mass like one master soul or something. Let's see if I can find. Oh it. yeah, the oversoul. oversoul, oversoul. Yeah, that all these all these individual pieces are all ultimately they're all of, of of us. They're all fragments, and the oversoul essentially is if you put all those fragments back together, that's really is who we are. He gets convinced by uh, who he will become by the daughter. The daughter of Munaja, that this is this is who this being basically convinces Abin Sir. It's like this is who you're going to be or who you can be if you're willing to do this and if you're willing to take that step. So Hal and Hal and Abin say goodbye. Abin goes to see, even though she's asleep, he goes, he goes to see Helen one last time to say goodbye. And of course, uh Ms. Minx there kind of sees this and, and smiles at him. So giving her like good housekeeping seal of approval. <laughs> Abin Sir goes back. And agrees to do the merging, and essentially Abensur gets reborn as Lagzia, and Hal Jordan just says goodbye, old friend, and hello, and that's really the crux of this issue. Yes. Did I do decent enough? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you know, you skipped over some details that will you know go Talk into. About. Yeah, but overall, that was that's about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, the overall theme is that. You know, we see Helen going on an adventure with Mary, Space Parrot, Mary Poppins. And 
Abdin Sir gets, you know, he finally decides to get reborn and gets reincarnated as somebody else, which is makes for a good story, um, makes for some emotional, you know, reading. And it, it is a little sad because after this, there's not going to be Abin Sir, you know, flying alongside Hal Jordan. Which also, so that, lessens, which also lessens the ties to the Green Lantern aspect of the book in a way, too. Well, that, yeah, I mean, that, that definitely is true. Uh, but I would say even regardless of that, like, I, I, I guess even though Abin Sir was in this book, I never really thought of him too much as a Green Lantern in this form. You know, like he's more like a like a spirit guide or, um, you know, like a, a buddy for Hal Jordan in this form, True. which, you know, like in this particular form where he's potentially so much more disconnected as, you know, a, a person, you know, he's like he's the specter and like the one kind of touchstone that he has kind of kind of old buddy ish kind of thing like they they weren't actually friends but they played such a big you know part in each other's lives and then you know like they kind of like you know they basically went through the trenches as Hal was becoming the specter so they really did a good job at establishing a friendship you know between the two of them since this series all started and for that to like just go away now like now all of a sudden Hal Jordan is not going to have that buddy role. He's not, you know, like he's got Helen, but Helen's now, you know, being taught by Minerva. So I don't know, like it, it takes away a very integral part of this series for me. So I'm not really sure. I don't remember anything after this in the series. Uh, obviously, we will keep going through and keep reviewing at the glacial pace that we do but i don't remember what happened after this and i'm i'm curious i am kind of curious to see you know like is this book going to be uh, well i mean i struggle to use the word enjoyable but as as tolerable as it was you know with abin sir you know now that he won't be in it well it's definitely i mean when you think about it it's definitely a change because yeah we lost i mean even though we're Sook's art was hit or miss sometimes, but yeah. Sook and Demetrius were obviously the guiding force on this book when it first started. Right. So, so at this point, you start. There's Sook. I forget if Sook is completely gone from this book. I mean, is, if he's already gone from this book and, that, and he doesn't do any more, or whether this is a a one-off issue. And we've had we've had guest pencilers before, which was yeah. which which was you know which was perfectly fine. Uh, but it's, it does kind of change these the narrative structure of the, of the way this book had been with, you know, with Abin serving, you know, the Jiminy cricket on his shoulder. Now it yes. could, now it could have been a passing of the torch where they indicate that. And plus technically with uh, Ms. Minx there, she has that, some, she has that ability to, to kind of, as we saw in this issue, to be able to do a little bit of that, of steering Hal in the right direction, even without that personal bond between, between the two of them. But, this could have been a passing of the torch where Hal was in a position where now he didn't need as much guidance. Right. That, that he had served his purpose narratively, structurally to make, keep Hal on the straight and narrow and, and teach kind of like, like, like Yoda teaching him as much as he could. And then, and then, and then by the time he dies, really it sucks, but Luke, you know, Luke kind of was ready to, he, he was able to go on on his own 
as from a knowledge perspective, he had learned what he needed to learn. He just had right. to like put it all together. But we didn't really get no. That. But you're right. But we did. But we didn't really get that in this. And the, and I think my memories are what happens between like what 19 and 27 because I think 27 is the end of this series. Spoiler alert. That yes. I think that it definitely changes because I I remembered even before that the advertisement at the end of this issue about that the apocalypse issue is next. That my favorite. We get to talk more dark side. Uh, but the. The book does start, it kind of does start going off the rails, I think, even more kind of like from this point on. And I don't, it's clearly not just because Abinser is gone, but it, it's kind of it, but it's kind of like, but emblematic of, kind yeah. of like where this, of, of this, of the problems, of the problems in this book. And I just uh, did some searching and it looks like almost exclusively Norm Brayfogle takes over art for the series there's like one issue where somebody else does the art so, so it's not so uh, pretty much just so that the, the torch of them from an artist perspective the passing of the torch had already occurred pretty much on this book now right yes yeah i thought so but i wasn't 100 percent sure based on memory so i mean then that that's it's it's funny because then the rebirth the rebirth title means more than just the rebirth of of uh, abin sir it's almost a rebirth of the series itself by going in a completely new artistic direction. And yeah. And, and also you can make a case, even the, the story structure, because the fact that you're not having that, you know, the two former green lanterns tied as the hip one, because which was, I agree with you, which, which was an, an interesting concept, but always seriously shaky that happened. So it was tied to Hal because of the fact that he was damned the minute he gave Hal Jordan the ring because of what Hal was supposed to was going to do with Parallax. Right. That the reality is that these two former Green Lanterns that are trying to accomplish something bigger and better than that, that had been the bit, you know, those two had been together, not every step of the way in every single issue, but that had been the basic, what you could count on. And that, yeah, it's gone too. So that's a, it's a different. It how how has he has a different approach. So it's almost like a re, rebirth or a refocusing of what Hal Jordan's role is and what where what he's got and how his approach is going to be in this book because he's more on his own. Yeah, I mean, from an art perspective, I I do enjoy Norm Brayfogle art, um, and through this issue, I I thought he did a fantastic job. The the Ryan Sook art. I thought was I would say that it was fairly fitting for the series and there were certain aspects of it that I really liked but there were also aspects of it that were like sometimes just too conceptual for me uh you know you know what I'm saying yes yeah he he got a little too artsy because some of the stuff was like really far out there and his art was kind of like matching it Whereas opposed to Norm Brayfogle, where it's like Norm Brayfogle does comic book art. He does superhero art. And this stuff is drawn in that style. And I think this book benefits from it because some of those really crazy zany ideas are illustrated in a way that makes more sense to a typical comic book reader. So... You know, like going through this, I I enjoyed the art significantly more than than you know in previous bits, and like you had said, where the point where um, 
where Helen becomes one with the universe, where they fly into the sun and see like the spirit realm, basically. Uh, those things were, they were illustrated. Like these are like crazy concepts. These are like really crazy far out concepts. And yet they're illustrated in a way that makes complete sense. Like this is, this is something that in my perspective, the book was missing. And the way that he hammers this art home, it's just like, like by the end, you know, like the story, I think the story was also better than it, it's been in the past. Like this is, this is definitely a highlight issue for me. This is one of my favorite issues in the series. And like the part where, where Abin Sir goes to say goodbye to Helen, like that, that actually elicited an emotion from me. Like I was actually sad knowing that this character, Abin Sir, who's, you know, been in this book, like you said, almost every step of the way. And as a Green Lantern fan, like, you know, we have a history with Abin Sir. And yes, like the history that we have with Abin Sir is basically that he died. You know, and there wasn't a whole lot to it. And, you know, we we know the little stories that have popped up since then. So, like, we're pretty well acquainted with the character. And it's like, yeah, he's not going to be with Hal Jordan anymore in this series. But the really sad thing is that he's not going to be, he's not going to get to see and hang around with Helen anymore. And that's something that, you know, he's going to miss that. Like, he knows what he has to do, but he's definitely going to miss not playing a role you know, in, in her life anymore. And then on top of that, like how, you know, like you've got Minerva there and it's like, oh, this was like, because earlier she's like, you know, like how uh, Hal has to get back because I have a date. And, you know, if I miss this date, then I'm going to be very upset. And what she's referring to is the date, you know, seeing Abin Sir come and say goodbye. And like, that's just like, that's a that's a moving concept that that really that really got me. And it's funny you mentioned that because I was just about to ask because again that was my interpretation too. That as I'm reading when when I was reading the issue the first time in prep for this episode that it was like first I'm trying to figure out you know th- you know she's going she has a date you know it's like and then then you realize yes at the end but she means that it's her date you know it's not a, not like a hot date and she's going anywhere it's just that she it. it yeah, you know, she she's expecting someone to be arriving at the and and, and it's Abin Sir, so he can kiss Helen goodbye, and they have their little moment of Minx and and Abin looking at each other, and then boom, then Abin's free to go give himself yeah. to the 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 rebirth process, and yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a good scene. That's like that. This is the kind of scene where it it holds a lot of weight because of all of the history that they've established in the previous issues. Like this is not, this would not hold any weight if it was like three issues in, you know, and, and Abin Sir was, you know, giving her a kiss goodbye. Like that would just, it would fall flat. But I mean, like he's been there, you know, with her hanging around with her since she's been in the book. So yeah, I mean, you know, it just, it, um, it, it definitely hit, hit home, but yeah, I mean like, but aside from that, you know, like the, the art, really does a good service to the whole story itself even like the very the very first page the very first page where you've got you know how like staring at the mirrors and where is abin sir 
And just like the glow that is coming off of his chest between the art and the colors on that one, it's just like, it's such a striking image. And, you know, it's just, this is the kind of thing where it like makes me think it's like, you know, like you have something like this, which is so striking, you know, and then we have so many like past issues with Ryan Sook's art where he did like that very dark, very moody, very stylized look. And it's like how many scenes would have benefited from something like this, this clean, crisp drawing with like glowing lights to emphasize things. And I don't know. It's just this this issue really was striking how it contrasted everything that had come prior. Well, it actually makes me quite happy that you really enjoyed this episode. Is issue not the episode? You may hate the episode, <laughs> but you, but you like, but you like, but you really enjoyed the issue. Because in all honesty, this this was one of my my handful of favorites in this in this book. I yeah. mean, it's not it's it, it's not the first, one of the ones that comes immediately to mind. Like obviously, you have the Two Face issue. Oh yeah, pa- the Parallax yes. issue. The Craig right. Hamilton artwork was really good. That was a nice, they did, that was excellent guest artwork. Yeah. When that, and I still, and I we still really like the Destroyer of Worlds four part that introduced, didn't introduce Hal as a Spectre, we are here, but it was the first story that really featured him uh, and what, it, and made it clear what his, you know, what his role was going to be. His first real post uh, Judgment Day, Day of Judgment, whatever it was, adventure. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this, but this, but this ranks right up there at the fact that, and maybe one of the most memorable, certainly in the back end of this book, since it's what twenty-seven issues, so you could break it into thirds. That it's certainly one of the, it's certainly one of the last memorable issues of this of this series. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, I really like the character of Minerva Manx in this this issue. You know, there were certain things where she was a little, uh, not really cocky, but. You know, along those lines, you know, it's like, oh, my crystal ball is, you know, blah, 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 and and all that. But, like, it was funny because there were so many instances that were just, oh, this is, this whole story is an analog for Mary Poppins. It's like she reaches into her, I guess the side of her dress is the side of her skirt or something like that and pulls out the the flying carpet. So that's like an allusion to the bag that has no bottom and can hold whatever. And then just the same thing with the eight ball too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, When they fly into the star and they, you know, see the whole spirit realm and then even going into like the becoming one with the universe where they're almost cartoonified. It's just like Mary Poppins where they go into the cartoon world and, you know, blah, 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 have an adventure. And then, you know, they come back and home, you know, in time to have a snack, you know? So it's just like, there were so many like references to that. It's like, I make a joke about it. It's like, oh, Space Mary Poppins. But like, this is very, very inspired by Mary Poppins. And I have no problem with that. I thought it was great. I thought it was very interesting. I like that Helen is one getting more development and two, it's a fun aspect to the story. You know, this is, it's like all the stuff that kind of has been bypassed in previous issues. It's like, okay, so you've got this kid living in this space castle. Is she going to grow up to be illiterate or what? Because (laughs) 
it's not like Hal's, you know, teaching her. So from a logistics perspective, I, I do like the fact that she's going to be learning now also. But um, the only thing that I thought was like, you know, a little weird was the whole, mm, you know, Monsieur Stigmonis thing with uh, pulling the skeleton out of the ground. I don't know. I don't remember well enough anybody that died outside of his his uh, compound that they would bring back. I mean, I understand that they're setting it up for future stuff, but it was kind of out of place for this issue. Although I guess since they're calling it rebirth and he's, you know, pulling a skeleton out of the ground and bringing it back to life, I guess it still fits. That's true. And I, and Stigmanus and Minx are also, they don't, they're not exactly going to have a buddy, buddy relationship either in this book going yeah. forward. So uh, yeah, I mean, that 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 is your classic like kind of foreshadowing or just hey we're gonna let you know we're we're giving you these breadcrumbs that you know when you follow like four maybe four issues from now it'll pay off mm-hmm. but but in the meantime yeah in the context of the story yeah it really is this that is the most out of place stuff in the story clearly yeah uh, everything else has I mean you could try to make the case some of the stuff with Helen and Minx isn't doesn't really matter but when you but it 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 does but it, by itself it really does but also in the context of this book and everything we've seen and the messages behind this book mm-hmm. that it just fits in perfectly because it's such a such a metaphysical book and <laughs> it always was so yeah the um what do you call it the thing with all the souls the oversoul the whole thing about the oversoul and how they're all aspects of Aben's soul, you know, his previous incarnations and things like that. This is one of those things that is, you know, it's very prevalent in the book. They take these super high concept, you know, ideas of the afterlife and reincarnation and aspects of the soul. And they try and like verbalize it in a way that makes sense in a comic book. And sometimes it comes across well, and sometimes it kind of falls flat and it's just like that's bizarre or whatever right that doesn't make any sense and the way that they did this the way that they laid this out it kind of makes sense and it also kind of doesn't make sense you know what i mean yeah like you know what was what was your takeaway with this that's that's an interesting question i in all honesty i probably i had less of an issue with the kind of reincarnation aspect Mm-hmm. Than I did with the fact that basically it's like that we have and we will have all these different fragments of ourselves that have, that have lived, will live, going to live in in different bodies and different you know all over the you know, aliens, all different things all over the universe, and then eventually like at some point you know either they all come back together or they're, they're all like small little pieces of who we truly are, but all those pieces are not really who you are. They're just a fragment. It's an it's it's an intriguing concept. I don't know if I I I do think that was a little harder to buy into than yeah. the idea that oh because at least the reincarnation thing or living multiple lives before again not everybody will believe that but the reality is in the nature for dealing with the nature of this book that has been something they've talked about multiple times before yeah uh, so it's it's so it's it's easier to accept that than it is. Yeah, it's 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 a little it's a little harder. It's a little harder to believe, but I guess maybe in, deep down, it's just a different it's just a different way of looking at reincarnation, maybe too. 
if you break it down, maybe maybe that's all it is. It's just a different way of almost. It's almost just a different way of saying the same thing that you're going to be reborn and live these different lives, and there's going to be parts of you that carry over. Or, but you know, it's not entirely the same you because usually, other than movies and TV, that if you get reincarnated, you're really not very. You're not supposed to really remember, you know, your past life really consciously, consciously. So it's. Yeah, it, it, it's but it is a tougher concept. I will absolutely go along with that. Yeah, I mean, the like, I get that, you know, okay, when you're reincarnated, you don't remember, you know, you're not supposed to be able to remember your, your previous incarnations. Totally makes sense while you're alive. The, I guess the disconnect for me arises when Abin Sir is dead and he's a spirit. And he's afraid of getting reincarnated because he's afraid that his sense of self and his who Abin Sir is will disappear when he gets reincarnated, which, again, makes sense in the sense that, yes, while he's living, he won't have that. But in the time that he is dead, it should be the oversoul which would, you know, remember and acknowledge all parts of their existence while they're waiting to get reincarnated again. So I guess for me, the disconnect comes from the way that they've treated Abin Sir since this series has began in that he has no sense of his other previous selves. And so while they all come to him and they're like, yeah, you know, we're all part of you. We're all still around, you know, we're all hanging out and we're all part of the oversoul. It's like, okay, then how come we've never seen or heard of you until right now before he's about to go into the next one? So like, you know, like, oh yeah, Abin Sir, he's definitely going to be part of our soul collective that I guess gets stored in your oversoul and never acknowledged or recognized again until we need to calm the next version of Abin Sir when he's about to get, or she's about to get reincarnated yet again. Like that aspect of it kind of doesn't really hold up. If, if at any given point before this, Abin Sir had been like, you know, yes, as I'm dead, I'm able to access the memories of my past incarnations. Or, yes, I remember when, you know, that time that I was a Durlin, you know, that I only have access to those memories now that I'm dead, blah, 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 blah. If it was something like that, I would totally get it. Or if they had said that these other aspects of his soul are still, like, active, you know, somewhere else maybe in heaven you know whatever you know like maybe maybe that's what it is maybe they are i mean i guess that's the only thing that really does make sense if they're somewhat that tiny little fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a soul that gets put into heaven and in other people's heavens so that they can be with their loved ones and their loved ones can still have their own heaven okay that's enough that's enough of this for I have reached my metaphysical limit on this book, Christ. I I agree. It's kind it's tough. And it is, and again, it's it's a in a way, it's a testament to Abin Surah in a positive way, the fact that 
he feels so strongly about continuing on in his mission, you know, his, his green lantern like resolve to try to do, you know, to do good that that's part of why he's, he's unwilling to go and be re- yes. reincarnated because he's, because he's going to, because again, not, it's not just losing the memories. It's losing in his mind, what makes him him and yes. what makes, and so I, the individuality, the individuality versus society. Could we look, could look at it that way too. But yes. yeah, it's a, I, I agree. It's a little, it's a, a lot tougher than just, Oh, it's uh him just having to wet. I know why they do this to try to convince him, but it, it's such a bigger picture concept in a way it makes it, it I don't know if it does make a more compelling arguments on why you'd want to agree to be resurrected <laughs> or be re- yes. to be a, uh, yeah. being reincarnated. So overall, cool. I would say excellent issue. That means a lot coming from Jim Ford people. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best green lantern comic that I have read in quite a while. <laughs> yeah, me too. Hey, that's not entirely true. I read the annual. <laughs> oh, you're right. The annual. I mean, the, the annual, the annual was pretty good. Um, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good issue. All right, what else you got? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> switching gears entirely now. Uh, let's see. So I'll talk about it for a minute. Uh, I went to, I, I know that this is not going to come out, you know, anytime soon, but uh, recently I'll say. One never knows, Jim. One never knows. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Recently I went to New York Comic Con after being away for well over a year or two years now because they didn't have it last year but uh it was it was interesting it was it was a lot of fun everybody had masks all adults had to be vaccinated any kids that could not be vaccinated had to have a negative covid test and literally every person that was over the age of like 12 had to be vaccinated so you know, like they just started allowing, I think, the kids to be vaccinated. And at this point, if you weren't, you weren't getting into this convention. So, you know, like they they took a lot of precautions. They reduced capacity significantly. And there was a lot more space, a lot more elbow room, like more space on the dealer floor than has been in, I want to say, like, let's see, 10 years I think it's probably been over 10 years since there was this much elbow room. Cause I remember going with, with James when he was a baby and it was more crowded even back then. And the, I mean, as far as, you know, listen to a green lantern podcast. Okay. Let me run through all the green lantern stuff that I saw at the convention. Oh yeah, that's right. Nothing because DC did not even show up, nor did Marvel, nor did image nor did Dark Horse, nor did really any major league comic company. They all bowed out and and Funko bowed out. And, you know, there were no major. Well, I think Tokidoki was, was there. That was probably one of the bigger toy companies that was there. But, um, yeah, I mean, even without, like, the big name stuff, like, it was still a really great convention. Probably potentially better because of the fact that there were no big companies the smaller companies were able to thrive a lot more the fact that it was not as crowded as it has been in a very long time really made it a lot easier to maneuver and it was less stressful it was just it was a great time it was a really great time i i have um 
I mentioned to a couple of people, even though, you know, so, so many of the, the bigger retailers were not there, I ended up spending more money than I have in a very long time. So, and I don't regret like anything that I bought because I got some really cool stuff. I, I bought, I finally bought a, an Ultra Saber. I got the, um, the mystery box special. Got a nice cool lightsaber that my wife promptly decided that she was going to steal when I got home. <laughs> Which, you know, it, 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 honestly, it works out great for me because the one that I pulled was like the super basic one. So that's going to be my justification for now getting myself a really nice lightsaber. It's like, oh, I just got to replace that one. <laughs> I didn't say I was going to replace it with the super basic one, but whatever. <laughs> this one's mine. Get... There are many others like it, but this one is mine. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Mark. She's out getting Taco Bell right now. She doesn't know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, the art yeah, secret. I mean, yeah, it was uh, it was great. The artist alley was like really robust, so that there were a number of people that did not show up. There were certain you know high profile guests that they couldn't get, but there were still a bunch of really high profile artists that did show up. There were a couple of Green Lantern artists. I couldn't tell you their names because i don't really care that much anymore uh and that's not to say that their art is bad it's just that i don't follow the artists as closely anymore for the green lantern books do you know who's 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 oh god yeah it's tom rainey that's doing the art now jesus yeah no i didn't notice him but then again i actively would try not to you could have Um, got you could have gotten a sketch just for chad oh god (laughs) Please, yeah, just to taunt them. Okay. The the one Green Lantern artist that afterwards I I did feel a little bad that I didn't go and try and get a, a sketch. There was a there was a minor line. I would have had to wait on a minor line, and I don't know that I would have had enough time to get something from him because he looked fairly busy. But it was um, forget the name now. I think it was dan jones or something dan i don't know whatever it was but the guy he was uh, an animator uh for a number of things one one of the things primarily was super friends so i could have gotten a sketch from one of the animators from the super friends show doing a hal jordan that would have been pretty neat but i mean all in all like that version of hal jordan was not super compelling so i you know I'm not going to feel super broken up if I never get that. But overall, yes, fun time. Now, did you have any questions about New York Comic Con? I'm glad you had a good time, considering you still were torn about whether you were going or not until close to the last minute. (laughs) Yes, that that is accurate. I had my tickets. I was not sure that I was going until the night before. The the thing was, for me personally, I could have skipped it. I could have bypassed this year completely. I like I just don't really need anything. So, you know, like it's a lot of money that if I didn't have to spend, I would have been fine with it. Like I said, I don't regret any of the money that I did spend, though. Um what it came down to was the fact that I really like taking James. He really gets a lot out of it. He, the only one that he's never been to was the year that he was born. And he was born like a week after, or he was born like two weeks before the, um, the New York comic con nine years ago. Uh, but he's, he's been to every single one since then um, from a one year old all the way up to now. So 
considering that he couldn't go last year because they didn't have anything, I would have felt bad making him miss out on another one. So I really did want to give him that experience. And, you know, he had a great time. So I'm I'm really glad that we ended up going. But, yeah, I was kind of hemming and hawing on whether or not I was going to show. And I could care less about, like, you know, having to wear a mask all day or, you know, all the stipulations. Just a matter of, like, do I really want to trek into the city? And it's like, oh, God, I know my legs are going to be tired the next day. You know, like, really stupid reasons to not go. But I, I, I am glad that I went. So, yeah, moving along. <laughs> Go ahead. So then the other thing that normally we would talk about this in the, the toy podcast, the, the greatest toy podcast as presented by the Lantern cast, mm-hmm. as it were. But uh, since God only knows when we'll get to do another one of those, the Lego Ideas first 2021 review stage that came out earlier this year had a record 57 projects and they they got to deciding which ones were going to make it and the winners are for this this review stage was a jazz quartet model it's very stylized uh, very artsy looking they've got the 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 set well not really the set it's the office of the office a nice big set uh office rather <sighs> kind of boring looking just generic office and then the third one which is under review right now is snow white and the seven dwarves cottage i guess it's it's fairly accurate i don't necessarily know that i would have any interest in something like that i mean i really wouldn't have any interest in the jazz quartet either none of these really appeal to me and I actually i love the office i love the tv show the office but God knows I do not need a Lego office set. That's just, I, I don't even understand it. It's just really, but, uh, really busy. It looks so busy. Yeah. I Well, it, it, it probably breaks apart. Well, maybe, well, I, whatever it is, that's the fan model. So they're going to, they're going to spruce it up and make it better. I'm sure that'll break apart so that it won't be so goddamn busy. But it's just it's it's a it's two rooms. It's the Michael Scott's office. It's the conference room. And then it's a bunch of desks. Like, I mean, like that's it's such a boring model. The, the mini even the minifigures like, you know, Dwight had a iconic look and Pam had an iconic look and Michael Scott had an iconic look and everybody else just wore regular clothes. So I don't I don't know. And I don't I don't see the draw. But um, the to me, the takeaway is the ones that don't make it, considering there were 57 up for review. The the ones that I would have liked to have seen the King Tut um, headdress, the golden blue ornate headdress. That was a pretty cool one. They had um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. The only thing that I wasn't sure of is if that was going to be like a regular size vehicle or one of like the the ultra detailed giant models it's like i i understand the draw for the giant models but who the hell has space for those anymore but um and then the other one would have been the polar express train station or the train set because they haven't had really too many train sets recently besides the uh hogwarts express yeah i mean just looking it's hard to get a view on all of these because 
the pictures are still small. Yeah. Uh, and we did not, and because we hadn't done a episode earlier when we, if we had, let me phrase it this way. If we had done an episode earlier, then we probably would have talked about these like we normally do, but we didn't mm -hmm. get, we, we, but we didn't go through what these options were. So then we would have had a better look at these two. King touched. Yeah. King touched a winner. Uh, well, not, not really though. I know to <laughs> us King Tut is, is a winner. He yeah. should have been. He should have been a winner. Uh, I don't know about the X. It could have been a contender. I almost did that too, but I didn't, I didn't think it would work. It was a contender, just really low. We don't. Well, we really don't know how how high up on the rejects list it made it, <laughs> or yeah. low. Uh, yeah, I mean there aren't that many of these that. But was that the King's Castle? Is that who the hell? Again, you can't see yeah. anything. It's so small. I mean, castles are always cool. Uh, I don't know what the, the Willy Wonka thing is. That probably the minifigures could have been cool. That, I'm not saying I would have voted for it if I, if, especially once you got down to like a final five or six. I'm just saying that it was at least unique. And if the minifigures are kind of cool and in his little chocolate candy stream, and that's what it looks that's what it looks like from here. That that's what it, that they're recreating. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. and at least it's at least it's unique. So yeah. just like even the snow globes would be unique. They wouldn't be a lot of play value at all, but. Right. Yeah. Well, as soon as you go to shake them. <laughs> that's right. Boom. Boom, baby. They, they, they turn into snow. But the, this may the Krusty not, Burger would have been interesting. Yeah, that that is that is true. The bridge. Was that the fourth bridge? Uh, which bridge? On the bottom. The red mm, one. I can't oh. read the link. I can't read it. The font is so small. Yeah, I'm not really sure. It's horrendously ugly. I wouldn't even give that a. I wouldn't give that a first thought. Oh yeah, I, 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 that's that's the main reason it stands out because of the fact that it seems to be like, why the hell would that even make the top yeah. fifty-seven? <laughs> I mean, at that point, like whoever's voting for that is just trolling the Lego system. Yeah, I'm not sure about the whole double helix thing either. That didn't seem like a winner. You know, the well, the one that they have here, like this example, is very boring it's incredibly boring looking however if lego were to come out with a, like an actual really nice decent colored double helix i think that would be an interesting set but this particular one is bad you know consider like they had like the the museum set and in the museum set, you've got like a dinosaur skeleton, you had an astronomy thing, and then like, I don't know, chemistry set or whatever. And you could do something like that, you know, like you could, they've even taken some of those out and expanded on them so that you've got like the Museum of Natural History or whatever like that, where now it's got a few dinosaur skeletons or, you know, like just different things like that. Like you can make a... Uh, chemistry biology set where you have like a full that you know DNA helix, but that ain't it. That ain't <laughs> and also you know like Lego, like give them a little bit of credit. It's like oh you know like here's a car. Why don't you guys make a car? You know like some of these things are just like yeah Lego could come up with any of these. Like they the only reason that they're going through this process at all is because it's like it's kind of like market research but at this point it doesn't really mean much anymore because anybody can get 10,000 votes you just throw it up on freaking TikTok and you know tell tell the kids to vote for your your stupid looking bridge <laughs> it's going to get enough votes the SpaceX rocket they love their rockets they certainly do
The astronaut's not bad from a distance. Yes. Yeah. No, that, that's it's an interesting design. I'm sure that eventually we'll see that one way or another. Very true. In any case. Anything else you'd like to mention? No, not at all. Oh, you know what I want to promote? What? Nothing. Oh, <laughs> you had me going for a second. Half a second, yes. Half a second. We might, maybe we could squeeze in a toy podcast in December, maybe. I won't, I won't hold my breath, especially considering that the shelves are probably going to be empty for the month of December. Well, what I was thinking was we could use that as our, just as our platform to do our, our Disney discussion, our Disney World discussion about, about, about the ruining of a once great empire besides, besides the United States, we're actually talking about Disney World in its case. (laughs) But, but it's a world of sadness <laughs> it's a world of death it's a world of pain it's a world of murder and acid rain ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes oh, i remember man. it well um I, I just know that we've talked about we haven't we haven't talked about disney world since right when they were about to reopen when they were first announcing yeah. their plan. So it would kind of be cool to do the post-mortem since <laughs> especially after Genie Plus opens. So we actually get to know when uh how it works. Uh, the initial word on the street of how much it sucks or doesn't. But yeah maybe maybe we'll wait till after Christmas to uh we'll wait we'll wait for everybody's already depressed in January and then throw that one out. <laughs> to put them over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks well, guys Listen, I wasn't going to say it, but yes, obviously. <laughs> oh, oh, that gym. Yeah. All right. So let me let me do the great ending the to the feel. show. <laughs> yep. You can visit us, lanterncast.com. The email is lanterncast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, hashtag GLCast to track us down there. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Whichever platforms you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. And last but not least, if you'd like to text us or leave us a voicemail, 708-LANTERN, 708-LANTERN, and let us know what you think. And hopefully, Jim Jim may not echo these sentiments, (laughs) but hopefully we'll do another episode of this in a little more timely fashion than we did this one. Let's, let's aim for, for let's aim for at least the first half of 2022. <laughs> let's let's aim for half the amount of time since the last episode. <laughs> Which would be about that time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yep. Yeah. All right. You know, you know what? the way that these episodes go is that typically like I dread doing them. And then we record, and it's like, oh, that was actually fun. And then I want to actually go and read the 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 next issue, and then I'm ready. Like you know, two nights later, I'm like, oh yeah, let's. I, I'm totally ready to do this. And then we don't record for another year. So, <laughs> but somehow that's somehow that seems like you're blaming me for this. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! It's just I want to. But then everything falls apart on my end, and I don't have availability for a year. So, well, if you read the next issue, <laughs> and you really and you and you have a Jones a Jones in to do the Dark Side episode, let me know, and we'll record it. It just it's not like depend. I mean, as long as we keep it just on the issue, it's not like we have to release it super super fast because it's it's this is one of those things where. The, the the five listeners that we have, it's easier for them because they can just listen to these things, these episode after episode, and 
and it flows better than for us because we have these big gaps in recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll um, actually remember. They'll actually remember that the the space anus. entity from the last yeah the yes. the, the, the the Quoex. That's it. I knew we were close. Yes. Yes. Very close. Very close. Okie doke. All right. Good night, everybody. So long. Quarters in session. Averted is in. No appeal on the docket today. Just my home sin. The walls cold and pale, the cage made of steel. Screams fill the room, load I drop and deal.